where to begin? This guest and I go way back to before new metal was a thing. Um, his friendship has been paramount in everything musical in my life. Uh, from my taste in music, to writing songs in his basement, to playing reunion shows nearly two decades after the fact. I would like to welcome a hero I call by their first name, Chris. Phil. So what's going on, bro? Not much, man. Thanks for having <laughs> me. This is awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I know that we had uh, spoke a little bit yesterday, and we just kind of had our own like mini podcast thing going on. Um, but yeah, today, man, I just wanted to uh, just kind of talk about you and um, just like uh, you know about your like kind of life trajectory and um, you know in, in music or whatever else you want to talk about, bro. Ah, cool. Um, yeah, let's talk about. What got you in, in, into music, man? Because that's how, how, how we met. Like, I think in ninth grade, um, you were like, yo, I'm starting a band. I heard you play bass. And I was like, yeah. Because yeah, there was, cool. I mean, literally, there was nobody who played guitar and bass in 1994. I found the only two people who did. But, uh, I, I mean. And it would be a kind of thing that you've done over the years, man. You've kind of always started. Bands, <laughs> yeah, we'll, dude. we'll get that's part of the trajectory. I think it's also that it's just like, well, like, don't stop. Keep going. You know, we'll, we'll get to that. Actually, 2018, I finally burnt myself out a little bit after, you know, 1994 to 2018. And then I was just like, all right, I, I, I got I need a break. It was, the, you know sitting there i was like this is the first time i haven't had like a weekly band practice since 1994 like <laughs> but um it's i mean insane. going back to the beginning like the first live music thing i actually remember is uh i was sitting on my dad's lap watching buddy rich it's actually the first thing i remember i don't really remember you know the sounds i was probably like three or four i think it might have been at uh Bayshore high school actually As you know, my, my dad played drums and still does, and his dad played drums. So uh, they were always around. Um, I remember I tried to start playing. Well, my dad tried to get me interested in it somewhere around like 88 when I was like seven or eight. Um, but like, you know, Tony Hawk was huge and the Bones Brigade was a thing. So skateboarding was cool. I liked baseball yeah. a lot. So like, yeah, it, did, it didn't click with me then. Mm -hmm. And somewhere around like 89, 90 in fifth grade, I picked it up and started, you know, taking like little lessons with my dad. And then within the next year, like Nirvana hit. And it was like, oh, okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> but even leading to that, I would always like see live music on tv and just be intrigued by it you know i'm just watch the drummer look at his setup like look at the things he did but i mean yeah once you know nirvana really hit it was like well i could play those beats yeah 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 
Yeah, that's and then a lot, true, yeah. like a lot, yeah, a lot of the bands that came in the wake of that, you know, so things like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, like Soundgarden introduced me to like seven four and five four, mm-hmm. you know, and this was around the time that like music started in Brentwood because, as you know, we start in seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. So for for a school district that's pretty renowned for its musical program, um, it's incredible that we start you know, on average four years later yeah, than, most of than most kids. Yeah. So like, that's a real testament to the power of the Marvel music department. Yeah, man. I mean, um, it, it definitely was something to behold. I think, um, you know, just how, how much, um, how much focus it was, was put on it. And like, I think a lot of parents were into it as well. the teachers were passionate about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and the teachers were like tight too because I remember like they would they would talk with each other and like they would say this I remember like hearing like the backroom talks about you know them talking about like oh there's a really good you know you know I don't know violin player that's in seventh grade now and it's like they had like a network and shit going well, on well that's actually what's something I was going to bring up to you you talk about trajectory so like I said we started seventh grade in music and it was automatically I picked the drums and at this point I already started to learn how to read, um, understood time signatures and syncopations. And my music teacher in seventh grade was Mr. Chris Fody. Yeah, Fody, man. <laughs> it, it, I was his first class. Wow. So within a week, he had my whole schedule changed and moved me into the eighth grade band in seventh grade. Wow. Wow. So that was the, the start of my kind of leapfrogging through Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Um, cause after that, uh, summer of 94, I was put into green machine and most ninth graders, you know, it was a little tough to get into green machine mm-hmm. in ninth grade. And I started in ninth grade on snare drum. Wow. I didn't even start in the pit. I didn't start on bass drum. So here I am, I'm 13 years old. And that was like the ultimate, um, percussion one. Was that in, what was the other one? The, the five drum. Uh, Quince. Yeah, Quince. Yeah. yeah. It was like the two big boys. So, yeah, I was 13, got thrust into that, saw like how much you had to memorize, had to learn how to march. I was terrible at it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Mr. Cannon had to take me aside and like teach me because I couldn't grasp on like leading with your left foot. Yeah. While playing whatever complex thing on the snare drum I had to play. So it was... It was yeah, man, that's the, next, that's the next level. Yeah, so before, you know, I went into ninth grade, I had spent six weeks in the summer in drumline. So... That was kind of my opening into just like, oh wow, they, this this is serious. This isn't just like you know, is yeah, playing Little Mermaid, w- yeah. yeah, like you know, fourth period band class <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. So man. then you know, stayed with Green Machine for four years. Uh, snare drum the whole time was the section leader, senior year. Yeah, that's right, man. And then actually, what Aaron was saying with the with the musicals and the, how she got in in ninth grade—that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, man, um, yeah. Usually the musicals reserved specifically for like eleventh and twelfth yep. graders. Yeah, it's like basically um, varsity. Uh, it's like the yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like varsity sports. But I, I wound up doing one in tenth grade. Was my first one was Gypsy because uh, I don't know if you remember Amy Walters. She had a twin sister, and she she was like the top dog drummer. She was really good. But uh, I think she played soccer too or something, and she was like, "Nah, nah I'm not going to do the musical. <laughs> do whatever sports." So, like, 
you know, to use the lingo that we use now, I got the call. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I was going to say, man, just like, um, you know, like I was, yeah, I've been living in Japan for 15 years, working in Japan. And one thing that, that that's very different um, from uh, high schools here and schools here is that you just choose one extracurricular activity and that's all you do. So, like, you're, you're either playing drums or playing saxophone or you're or you're playing soccer or you're playing baseball like there's no conflict of interest mm. um and you just do what you do um and that was something that i always thought was like i don't know if it's you know i mean this you know i if it's a better thing or worse thing but i always thought it's very just this interesting because um yeah i remember i was in football but also like music as well but it's interesting that you know you were able to you know get that call <laughs> because you know yeah. some someone just said you know what i want to play soccer this year or <laughs> something it's so so random man it never clicked with me like that like i mean i played you know little league as a kid and i still like baseball um but yeah man especially in high school it was just like i, I do drums that's what it, and even to this day like you know i can't i could barely play a power chord on a guitar <laughs> i've been playing in bands for so long and i could almost play a ramon song like i'm off <laughs> You know, I might have an ear for arrangement, mm -hmm. you know, just being part of so many different styles over the years and um, being a part of a songwriting process, you know, I could be like, don't, that chord's not working. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I did take some theory in high yeah. school too, so, you know, but like in terms of playing anything with strings, it's, my hands do not understand <laughs> it. So, yeah, dude. Um, all right. So this is interesting. So you kind of grew up you know uh first experience was you know that you kind of remember and i'm sure and your dad's a huge buddy rich fan um oh, it's yeah. more like you know jazz here we then you have like musical stuff with with starting with gypsy and then leader of the pack and stuff um then there was green machine which is marching band stuff but you ended up getting into <laughs> hardcore and punk which seems like a bit a bit of a uh you know kind of a sidestep if you will so like yeah how did that all happen man because yeah i mean it was it was that you know grunge explosion which is still a pretty awful word because i mean these bands came from aspects of college rock you know aspects of hardcore aspects of punk like you know kurt cobain loved the black flag like pearl jam knew who the bad brains were but the general people listening to a lot of that music didn't know that you had to dig for that so the more and more I would listen to these bands or see a T-shirt that someone was wearing, or, you know, it's, it's, you know, so many people have the same story, you know, you, you read the liner notes and see what bands thanked what, and then mm. you just keep digging. And, and It's like the first Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, man, like you can't, you, now you could go on Spotify and, you know, type in Minor Threat and you're getting every band that was on Discord Records in the 80s. Back in the day, man, you, you had to you had to you had to write to the Discord house in DC, you know, or Maryland or wherever it is. So yeah, it was just the the digging of it, and the big thing was having an older sister that you know she's two years older than me, and you know she would hang out with the with the you know the freak kids in the high school. <laughs> what was that dude's name, man? A uh, Anton. Anton. Yeah, <laughs> she would hang out with him. Uh, this girl Velvet, um, Roy, Roy McCherry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Frank Romeo was another kid, mm -hmm. and on, and these you know these people were going to the PWAC. Rick from the Casualties, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were into local stuff, and you know my sister would turn me on. I remember she let me borrow one tape. One side was a uh, like a Bad Religion mix, and the other side was uh, 
one of the early VOD uh, EPs. Wow. You know, before the full length was out. And then uh, it used to be this place called The Shop. Yes, I was going to ask about this, man. Club Voodoo. Uh, it was part of Voodoo or Caffeine. For, for kids, right? They had the, the shop was like the teen night. So we would go to that. This is, this is like late 94. And uh, it was at that show I got handed a flyer for Sound Majority at the PWAC. And it took me, so I was like, that might have been 95. I didn't get to the PWAC until 96. But at that point, like, I, I had done enough digging that, like, sick of it all was in my world. And Orange 9 Millimeter, like, and then, you know, it just kind of snowballs because then you're like, you see what label this record's on and then you, you know, you see it in the store. Another band, you know, with the same label and, you know, you buy it. Sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes it's crap. But yeah, man. And then, then once, you know, I went to the PWAC, it was all over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think the second show I went to there might have, second or third show was uh, the 516 compilation record release. And that was two CDs of just... Relentless, man. Listen up to what I have to say. (laughs) Dude, I was actually watching Relentless videos like a month ago in quarantine. That's where it got 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 watching Relentless. Yeah, I mean, watching Relentless videos. What's up now, motherfucker, yo? What's up? But, um, and it blew my mind that there was like, you know, 30 bands Mm -hmm. that are all from Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, you would you would get the flyers, and you know there was nothing really posted. There was a couple of kind of user groups on the internet, mm-hmm. but you know nothing really to to you know. Oh, I got an invite to this show. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I remember the the PWAC had a hotline. You yep, could call. I remember that you could call the hotline. That's right, man. And they would just they would just be a voice recording listing off mm-hmm. shows for you know the next like month and a half. That's right. I remember that. I remember calling that a few times. And that you know I think that really. You just got creative juices flowing. I was seeing local guys that, you know, you start looking up mm-hmm. to, you know, and then obviously some of the records that came off of Long Island were just, you know, to this day, you know, so painful. Yeah. yeah. And really yeah. In, 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 influential to, um, to, uh, not, you know, <laughs> like influ- influential to the bands that, that bands today find, uh, find influence from. So <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, well, like, I yeah. mean, and you know, they were, they were, you know, you look back on it now, we were so young and they were like, what? 20, yeah. Yeah. They were, yeah, they, were <laughs> they were kids themselves, like, man. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's, that's awesome, man. So, so here you are, you know, um, you, you're kind of being, um, 
for lack of a better word, uh, groomed to to be you know this kind of professional drummer, right? At least through through school, right? Because you're having all these experiences, mm-hmm. um, playing in different contexts, you know. Because marching band is you know that that's no joke. I you know I don't know if a lot of people know what it is, um, but um, yeah, it's a lot of work, it's, man. It's tough. It's tough, man. And you know, 120 pound high school me <laughs> with like a 45 pound Yamaha <laughs> snare drum on me, 90 degree heat in some field in Pennsylvania <laughs> band camp, yeah, like. Dude. How did I not, not just Yeah, crumble? man. It's probably illegal today. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man. Yeah, but the, also, yeah. though, one, I don't mean to cut you off. One thing I noticed kind of quickly in high school, and by all decent measures, me, you, and the crews we rolled with, you know, we, we were good mm-hmm. kids, you know. Yeah, we did our teenage dumb yeah. shit, for sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, there would still be jazz band mm-hmm. in high school. I quickly found out or realized that the more music I do in high school, the more high school I get out of. Okay. Because you'd be able, I, oh, I can't, I, I get out of a day of school because I get to do the St. Yep, Patrick's Day Parade. You can do the practices, you get out like, of class. Yeah, you get, you get, yeah oh, we have uh, some competition for, you know, the wind ensemble in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get to miss, you know, Friday to a Monday or something like that, you know. So, like, I quickly realized that and was just like, oh, this is kind of yeah, a big yeah, deal. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I remember there were days I would, you know, come into high school at the regular time and I wouldn't get home till close to 9 yep. o'clock because, you know, you have marching band after mm-hmm regular classes and then you'd have an hour and then jazz mm-hmm. band rehearsal was at like yep, seven i remember that i remember that some really long days yeah man i, me- I remember that man i, I forgot <laughs> i remember that going to football practice and then having my bass and <laughs> then going right after football practice to to jazz band and stuff yeah man so yeah man uh, yeah hats off to bruntwood man it definitely i think kept us out of trouble yeah oh, yeah I, I have a feeling that that's gonna be a uh a reoccurring theme on your uh, <laughs> yeah, podcast, man, definitely. Because I mean, I, I mean, it's it's corny to say, I guess, but it is kind of like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I work with a guy, you know, he plays, he's a guitar player, plays in like uh, cover bands and stuff. He used to do originals, but, you know. He's from North Brentwood. He, you know, he went to high school with Mister. Oh wow, who taught the drum line? Yeah, and you know, he's he's like, I'm still proud of him from mm-hmm. Brentwood. So yeah, man, that's yeah, Brentwood, man, definitely um definitely uh, helped a, a lot of people man i think um yeah yeah all right man so let's fast forward a little bit man um i guess let's let's go to when you know we, we start you know uh trying to trying to play shows i remember that was kind of a tough uh a tough thing in, in the beginning um was trying to kind of um you know break into the, the local scene um yeah it was yeah man so you know, a big part of the reason of we just weren't good enough. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be flat out. And I, um, if that's one thing I have learned in the different types of bands that I have done is like, if you're good, mm-hmm. you're going to get shows. People are going to come. It's, yeah. it's, it's not a secret, you know, mm-hmm. but, or if you know people, yeah, you know, that, you know, that exists, but like, you know, <laughs> by and large, yeah, if you're definitely. a good band and you play great live, you're going to do okay for yourself. Mm-hmm. At least yeah, in my experience, yeah. that's that's what I've seen. But uh, mm-hmm. I think really, you know, because we didn't really start rolling until we were doing that band, Akin, when you were singing. And that's really mm-hmm. like when you couldn't get booked at like Deja One, and the places that were having the bigger shows, that's when Cool Beans really started up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cool Beans, that was a whole and thing. And that was kind of yeah, like a scene within that. a scene for a little bit, you know, with like us mm-hmm. and the waiting process. Shallows of the mm-hmm. mundane. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. But I think what really the big change was uh, less kids were going to shows. They were getting smaller. You know, from mm-hmm. from the PWAC having two thousand kids to see VOD to Deja One, which probably yeah. had you know eight hundred kids in there going to see at a sick of it old yeah, show. Man, they, yeah, Deja One was nuts. You know, the bigger shows. Mm-hmm. Two thousand kids showing up to shows to eight hundred, and by mm-hmm. the time you know Local Seven was a thing in two thousand two, you know, mm-hmm. it was half of the size of small. Deja, so everything went down in halves. And then I mm-hmm. think. A big part of that was, was a, you know, there was a changing of the guard. A lot of the movers and shakers, a lot of those bands broke up. Mm-hmm. And I think by the mm-hmm. time it was Local 7, and this is kind of like where me and you were doing the Reformation, and we kind of really mm-hmm. became, a, you know, a band known in the scene was because the older bands were gone. They reformed into the, the newer mm-hmm. bands they were. Not necessarily mm-hmm. is you know they were playing different styles you know Blood Red was totally a different style from Silent Majority. You could build it in a factory. You could package it any way you want, but I'll never take stop of that. I buy my shares so real. Were you touched? Did you feel when they deemed it tangible? Let me let you in on a secret. All my heroes I call. Yeah. But at the same time, a bunch of younger kids started coming to shows and they were identifying more yeah. with Strongpoint and Subterfuge and the backup plan. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. really became a new kind of tier of, of Long Island bands, which I, yeah. I think the yeah. Reformation remember, became yeah. a part of that, especially 2002 to, you know, to, literally to the night before you moved to Japan. <laughs> like we yeah. played our last show and. <laughs> Yeah, what was that? That was Saints, Saints and Sinners. And Sinners you, um, yeah. I actually uploaded it to YouTube last year. Yeah, man, you you played yep, that yep. show and you called they me from the plane. airport the next morning at eleven. Like we packed the van up <laughs> at like two in the morning or whatever it was, and like yeah. you literally played a show and left. It's <laughs> one of the yeah, most man, badass that, that was our life, ever, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, you know, thinking back, you know, just how, you know how much we've done together you know and music has always been a a part of that um you though i have always so we we've had our we've had our bands and i guess the reformation was probably our biggest project together in terms of what like recognition yeah recognition spending time together like we were just you know and to this day the reformation is still easily the best working band i was ever it was just so much fun like I think of the yeah, it was the uncharted man, we waters. Yeah, for like two years, and we did we did two so years. much, man. Like <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of all the shows we played, like yeah, different universities, and went played at that 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 uh, brewery in in Manhattan, wherever it was, when uh, Duncan saw Kevin Bacon on the no, street. No, that was when we played the Knitting Factory, and uh, and yeah, the Knitting Factory. Yeah, that's what it was. and uh, okay. we we unloaded the van on the sidewalk, and I was like, oh okay, I'll stay with the gear until you you know you guys, because I didn't want any coffee, and you you Duncan and Rob were mm-hmm. gonna park it and get coffee, and. I think Duncan was like getting sugar and putting it in his coffee, and he looks up and he's just like, "You're Kevin Bacon, right?" <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and then and then you all come back, and I'm sitting outside of the knitting, the old knitting factory when it was on uh, Leonard Street, you know, with the gear, and they're like, "Yo, we just made, we just met Kevin Bacon." I'm like, "Yo, man, I miss everything." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, man. So yeah, there's so many stories, man. We go on about that. But like even before that, so let's like rewind a little bit back. So there, because like you had played for other bands as well. So you would you were kind of like you you were busy, man. I mean, I think you played for like Southpaw for uh, for a while. I think you, you Southpaw was right like, after high school. I, yeah. That's actually the only band I've ever been kicked out of. <laughs> but you know, it, it totally understandable looking back on it now. I didn't have the hardcore chops to really play that, but you know. Mm -hmm. But because of that band, I did get to meet the the wonderful Hugo. You know, yep, and yep. and through that, after a king kind of dissolved and we went our separate ways for a little bit. I mm -hmm. mean, I think we just spent so much time together in like five or six years. That oh, yeah, man. actually like every got day. a little sick of each other finally. So like yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> when that happened, I hit Hugo up and we started the band last picked at Dodgeball, and that's Yes, yes. It, that was the third time I met, you know, the late Robert McAllister. I had actually met mm -hmm. him. Rest in peace. Met him at the first yeah. show I went to with the PWAC, and he was like all punk rocked out. And mm. then he showed up to a Southpaw practice like two years later, and he's wearing like FUBU. And I'm like, yo, I was like, is that the same dude who had like red Liberty spikes and like a ripped up queer shirt? And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if he remembered me. And then when I started the band with Hugo, he was like, yo, come to this address. This kid's got a drum set there. And I show up at, at, at Rob's doorstep and he's like indie rock guy. So I'm setting up at, on his drum set and I'm like, is this the same dude? <laughs> And it was. So it took me three times to meet Rob before, you know, we clicked. Yeah, yeah, man. He's just trying to find himself, I guess, too. Man. So then, yeah, you know, we were all young. <laughs> we were all young, yeah, man. And then um, what, what happened with last pick, the dodgeball, that, that broke up in great fashion, the Fighting Fitzgerald <laughs> Brothers. Um, but we're all still friends. And me and Rob were left with nothing to do. And, mm -hmm. and I called Duncan. Because he was mm -hmm. into the Reformation, uh, not the right, he was into a Ken and Last Pick the Dodgeball. So mm -hmm. I hit him up and we started writing and couldn't find a bass player. And I think around that time we both started going to Stony Brook. Yep. Uh, yep. We had one class together, I think. It makes some sociology. With, uh, with David Santiago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was some sociology thing, yeah. And yeah, I remember, I think you were just like, yeah, man, I'll help you out. I'll help record the demo. And then it was just like, well, after we like jammed through, like, well, you want to just be in the band? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, no, it was. Yeah, man, I was. Um, lots of good memories there, man, and uh, yeah, lifelong friendships. Cause I, I had known Duncan just from, just from part like because I, I was a big partier as well. Yeah. Um, and I and I had met up with them a, a few, bumped into him a, a few times. You'd see him at the forum and stuff too. Yeah, you know, just and I think from Cool Beans exactly, as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's, you that's know, where, kid. Yeah, yeah. Him and Sean Polly. Uh, yeah, Sean Polly, man, represent. Um, so yeah, dude, like you were just, you just been busy, dude. You was just like a busy, busy drummer, man. And did, did you want to do drums professionally? Like if you want, you don't have I mean, to, but I, like, can you share it's, about it's like your thought process? It's a funny thing. It's like, you know, you always hear it's, it's all great until, you know, it becomes your job. And it's like, well, would it be mm -hmm. that bad of a job? You mm -hmm. know, um, I don't know. I never really looked at it that, you know, far out. It was always looking at mm -hmm. more what's in front of you, what you need to keep, do to keep going. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, 
one last pick to dodgeball broke up, I looked at Rob and said, okay, here are our options. You know, when you announced mm-hmm. to the Reformation you were moving to Japan, I found myself in the same position again with Rob because when you left, remember Duncan was singing for Thieves and Assassins. Yep, yep. Not, they, 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 they would, and right yeah. after you left, like within a, that summer, you know, Duncan's like, all right, we're mm-hmm. going on tour, man, later. So it was, again, just <laughs> me and Rob. And I yeah. looked and said, what are our options? And around that time, uh, you know, another kid from Brentwood, Joey Sassente, started mm-hmm. poking his head out again and, and going to shows because I know he had gotten kind of jaded at some point with, with Long Island. Mm-hmm. And through hanging out with me and Rob, he kind of got turned on to bands he never heard, like Hollywood Music and Avail and Strike mm-hmm. Anywhere and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And then it was like, right, Joe, you want to jam with me and Rob? And we started mm-hmm. doing that and cut a couple of demos. And uh, I remember Thieves got back from tour and we were hanging out at Chris Lovrich's house. And I had like four songs on a CDR. CDRs, <laughs> Jesus. Um, you know, no vocals or anything. No bass. It was just me, Joey, and Rob. And I played it for Duncan. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you have a bass player? I was like, no. He's like, I'm playing bass. I was like, all right, man. You're a guitar player, but you know, I'm sure you can get by. Yeah, and go he, for it. You know, became, wound up becoming a great bass man. player. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. what uh, started Capital. Yeah, dude. So, all right. So, freaking just hold off on Capital a little bit. Yeah, that's that's a, a that's a decade long chunk yeah. of uh, yeah, a decade. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. longest most you know successful longest running band I had you know. Um, so okay, yeah. So we're talking about thirty minutes already. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but, I mean, yeah, we I, can can, so much. I might be the guest that brings this thing off the rails, dude. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> um, you know why? Um, I, mean, it's, I don't like the question why. So what made you decide not to pursue music? as a profession i know you probably had a lot of people in your ear from a young age saying you know be a music teacher or become a studio musician or you know you know major music and and you didn't you know i think you you majored in psychology yeah and then i minored in business um yeah i toyed with the idea in high school you know going to school for Mm -hmm. music but um Mm -hmm. it it never clicked and like Mm -hmm. The idea of a so can you can you yeah can you the flesh that out a little bit like what what didn't click exactly man um it's not that I was a bad student I just didn't particularly like school mm-hmm. you know music was a real easy way to escape from it but also you know get credit in school and I knew I didn't want to be an educator and I don't know I, never, I guess I never really thought about it much <laughs> and the idea of you know being a studio musician like wasn't even on the table just because mm-hmm. from a tech technological standpoint like now you could be a studio musician from your home and track drums if you got mm-hmm. a small studio and just email it away yeah. like yeah you know even mm-hmm. you know 10 years ago that wasn't even kind of a reality so yeah i mean i don't know yeah okay yeah i was just i was always curious about that because like you know um i you know i think the kind of music that you ended up you know playing um you know, most of your life was, you know, was, I guess challenging compared to like other other genres of music. I mean, you know, I'm not like shitting on pop music or anything, but I'm saying like, you know, I was it that like because it's always seemed like you really wanted to push the boundaries of what you're doing like all the time. Like you always were challenging yourself. There was, and I think a lot things. of that actually made me a worse musician. Okay, yeah, yeah you know, can, because okay, then yeah, I'd say in my mid twenties when you know Capital became a thing, and you know Joey really being as good of a musician as Joey is mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. whipped us all into shape in terms of 
Rob, don't do, don't don't put your finger there, or you know, telling me like no no crash symbol there. Really approaching wow. songwriting different. Where the Reformation, we were just throwing everything at the wall, yeah, and, dude, like yeah, just having yeah. a blast. So like <laughs> going from that, and then when Duncan asked me to do uh, that band, make it plain, he had with mm-hmm. his wife at the time. Then you're going into just you know solid beats, mm-hmm. really thought out parts, really. Mm-hmm engaging in the song mm-hmm. you know which was a total turnaround from stuff i've been playing and if, I, if even if you look at so the last capital record we did like there mm-hmm. is no fat on those songs some of it might be technical sure but everything mm-hmm. is there for a reason yeah so yeah so what because like you know um i that is what i kind of really enjoyed about songwriting with you was that in and was that it was just pushing the the limits you know what i mean like just i don't i I think you know at least for me and maybe you know i interpreted it uh like a wrong way but i was just trying not to do things that were not acceptable but like conventional almost yeah conventional yeah i really just wanted to challenge myself push myself and i don't know where it came i think i was trying to follow you and it just kind of became something i've internalized um, interesting even today, you know, um, even like making, you know, sampling stuff and stuff. I'm like, yo, how can I make this not easy for myself? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? You know what's funny though about that is the reverse. So that like, okay, when I had to do other bands that didn't require that or wouldn't tolerate that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's not as easy to be as simplistic sometimes. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what I've learned now, now that I, you know, I've, have, I've had a gig in a... a fun halloween cover band the last five years mm-hmm. um you're gonna get work from your feel your time you know mm-hmm. what kind of a person you are you know to be around mm-hmm. more than you know the crash boom bang 30 second no fill you can do around <laughs> backwards with your eyes closed like <laughs> yeah 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 do i work on stuff like that still sure do i still work on my chops sure 90% of the stuff I've taught myself in the last five years, I will probably ever use in a band. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I finally unlocked some concepts that like Thomas Pridgen did in, in the Mars Volta. I'm, okay. I'm never okay. using that shit in any of the bands yeah. I'm going to be in, <laughs> but I can do it now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah. you know, part of, you know, pushing yourself. And if you can do some of that hard stuff, you can mm-hmm. do a lot, you know, and take away from it. But and t- sometimes it's it's a lot harder to play less. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you think a lot of artists say that, but it's so you know, but it's so hard to you know to to, to do it un- until you realize it yourself. Right? Yeah, and, and it could be a really subtle thing. Yeah. Know? All right, cool, man. Well, thanks for you know for sharing so much. Oh, no um, problem, man. Yeah, man. Um, so, can you just um, share a, some of your like um like your achievements up until you know capital because i think capital um as a band i remember when i even i heard you guys first album um i was like holy holy shit man you guys have fucking you know uh tommy from silent majority singing in his fucking joey sesente you know fucking rob and duncan and you you guys started a band like what and this is the you know it was just like yes this is this is it was kind of like this is the band that I always wanted to be. <laughs> but it was like, yo, this is awesome, man. I'm so glad, you know, like my favorite band 
is made up of you know people that I that I know. I I, I never really um, had a chance to really kick it with with Tommy. I'd see him over the years, like at, at uh, Suffolk Community College and at shows and stuff. Right. But you know, I you know we we knew, we knew each other. But um, yeah, it was just like so awesome. Like yo, this, this is the best band ever. And I know everybody in it. I'm like tight with everybody in it. Yeah. So, so yeah. What, what, what kind of like, what are some like, um, you kind of like touched on a few things, but like, how did you stay consistently in the music? Like, what was driving you? What was, what was like the folk, the, the, the focal point of you sticking with music? Cause it's so easy to, to, to drop out of the scene because as you know, we weren't making money. No. Um, it, it was, you know, no. it was, it's, you know, and the merch, we made so much merch and we lost money on that. You know what I mean? Um, yep. but you know, it's part of it was for the love of it, but you know, this is, you know, our twenties supposed to be making money now. Um, you know, we've, you know, had student loans to pay. Um, you know, we, we kind of try to do both things and what, what, what kept you moving, man? I mean, um, and, and, and like, what, what did you, did, was it something that you've learned in the past? Was it something that you aspire to be in the future? Cause I know that, uh, let's end with this. I know that getting, being cool and being famous was never something any of us gave a shit about. No, no. Right. We just did it. We just try to keep it real. We, we did like, you know, like my favorite capital shirt, don't front. Like we never fronted nice. who we were, what we were about. You know, we were just doing it doing it because we love music and we had a kind of a message to show and we wanted to kind of give back to the community that kind of helped us grow up, you know, and, and given a place for for like, you know, uh, you know, teenagers or, you know, other people our age, a place to chill in a, a, like a kind of uh, community. Um, but anyway, yeah. So like, that, what, I what, think you what, just kind of hit it, man. I wish I had some kind of deep, profound thing, but it was it. it <laughs> It kept me grounded. It kept me happy. It kept me sane. Mm -hmm. I met. I've met so many cool people. It's it's like that rancid lyric. When I've got the music, I've got a place to go. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you always have a place to go. And yeah. And on it, by this point, like it became such a, a character trait of me. It's like, oh yeah, that's Chris. He's a drummer. We get it. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I was known for it, but it was it was really a thing that just joy i wasn't like you know ch chasing a dragon like you know we had some crazy band that we did really well and i want the glory days back or anything it's <laughs> like nah man like that it's just literally a love for the instrument and a love for just making music with people mm -hmm. you know because you, you know i think um at, at you know growing up um we were kind of seen a wasting our time by playing hardcore or punk or whatever, like oh, you always get the question, oh, how much money you guys make? You guys get chicks <laughs> yeah. and all that, and it's just like, oh god. <laughs> when I was doing the, the last, you know, every time I would leave work to go on a, on a longer tour and get back, they'd be like, yeah, so tell me about tour, and it's like, well, I read three books. Yeah, I read three books, and uh, <laughs> what do you want me to tell you about? Yeah fucking rob ripped the nasty fart in the van yeah oh, right <laughs> so yeah you just did it for the love of the music and um that's it and, man i wish and, there was, was a, you know crazy story that like i found some deep you know introspective thing and it's and even to this day it's it's because it's like how many dudes do you know in, the, in their 40s are still getting together on a Sunday morning at 11 to get sweaty in a <laughs> practice studio? It's like, you know, some dudes will have like, you know, poker night or, you know, mm -hmm. get together and watch, you know, football game. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, this is what me and my friends did. Yeah. All right. Nice, man. So, yeah. Okay. So, Capital, man. What, um, so, you you know, you, you played the, uh, the CD 
for uh, you know for Loveridge and everybody and um, and Duncan was just like, "Yo, I'm playing bass." Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, then we jammed and we were like, "All right, let's let's try to get a singer." Mm-hmm. Um, Hugo actually tried out. Okay. And then uh, I don't know if it was Chris Enriquez from On the Mic, mm-hmm. or it might have been General George. Mm-hmm. I get confused. One of them was like, yo, Tommy Corgan's looking to do like a melodic hardcore band. He wants to do like an Avail Seven Seconds band or something. And we were Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. And uh, Duncan met him at Merch Direct where he worked and gave him CD. And he was like, cool. Can I come down? (laughs) And that was literally it. Like, uh, That's nuts, man. So, all right, man. I don't, you know, I know we're all based and we're not, you know, nobody's, you know, like super cool. But dude, man. Oh, it was, majority, a, it, was on, a, it was a total trip, man. The first time he started singing, me, Duncan, Rob, and Joey are all just staring at the floor while we're playing. Like, yeah, it's like, oh my God, man, it's the fucking you know? great, it's the great. Yeah, best. it was just, you know? <laughs> So how did he take, I mean, I, uh, hopefully he'll, be, he'll come on the pod, but yeah, like, like, because uh, obviously, you know, he, he was like the, the you know, the generation, not generation, but kind of like generation b- b- before us. Yeah, he's, um, he's a good six years older than us, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, was he, was he you know, like everything was, was cool? Like, did you guys geek out and say, like, Yo, can you sign my uh, Life Suspector CD? No. <laughs> um, what I, I remember one of the f- first practices we had, we were talking about uh, something Solomon Majority. I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I lost it or never had it, but the, the second Solomon Majority 7-inch, I don't have the insert. And he's like, yo, I threw out like 15 of them like a month ago. And I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean... Early on, he did give us the okay if we ever wanted to cover a Silent Majority song, mm-hmm. just because he knew he wouldn't have to sing it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he give the mic to the crowd. Exactly, yeah. but we were all yeah. really pretty against that because we didn't want to be known for that. Like, yeah, because yeah. Capital was really a different beast, mm-hmm. sonically. Anyway, you know, yeah, it was definitely harder. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we eventually did do it at our last show with with Rich Jacobina playing guitar. Mm-hmm. We did two mm-hmm. silent majority songs. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. Can you just yeah, like, can you just talk about the band? Because like, once again, like, this is something that you know you 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 kind of started. You you and Rob started. Um, and um, yeah, like, what did you guys think? You guys were going to to be a band for ten, for a decade, or was it no, just man? Something? And I th- I think a, a big part of that longevity was um, keeping it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy was adamant when he joined. He was like, no touring. You mm-hmm. know, we wound up doing like, you know, four days here or something like that, you know, a weekend there. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was like, no touring. I don't want to tour because he was, you know, at the time he was engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. And we just really worked hard at being good, like writing mm-hmm. good songs, playing them well, really thinking out our parts. Mm-hmm. And just keeping it fun i think i think and i've seen it happen to a lot of bands you know they might have a good run of it for you know 
some for a really long time, but it comes to the point where, you know, everybody gets cooked. And I feel like if Capital was doing a lot of touring and stuff like that, like, we, we would have probably fallen apart somewhere. Yeah, a little bit earlier, maybe. Yeah, you know, but keeping it fun and keeping it the way it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end, when we weren't even really doing much, mm-hmm. we were like, let's just play once a season and just have fun with it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, mean, you know, you guys are pretty big. Like, and we we didn't try at all. Yeah, you know, it was. I think it was because we were good. Word mm-hmm. of mouth helped. Mm-hmm. Um, dare I say, the the start of streaming and and bands having social media because we had a MySpace page where you could <laughs> click on it and instantly hear the songs. Like yeah. that, that was a new thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what ultimately got assigned to Revelation Records. Mm-hmm. Which for all of us was a huge trip because it's like, oh my God, that's that's Revelation. It's Rev, it's yeah. Warzone, Youth of Today, Sick yeah. of It All, Gorilla Biscuits, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. And and that came because this guy, Bob Shedd, who was the A&R guy, mm-hmm. he was, you know, working for them out in California, but he was from New Jersey mm-hmm. and had seen Silent Majority. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, Dan Turr was actually working at Revelation. Okay. So he goes, hey, Dan, do you know these guys from Long Island? And Dan's <laughs> like, like, yeah, of I course. Know, he's like, I know all of them. Whose phone <laughs> number do you want? <laughs> and that's how we ended up being on Revelation Records. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. So, yeah, dude, it must have been a trip, man. Because like, I remember it just was, being, being I, in I your want... room, dude. Because I remember being in your room and like throwing the, your your uh, your Wolverine toy in the fan, dude. And yeah. <laughs> So like and you know looking at like you know all these bands and stuff and like like high standard, um, you know just like your your bad religion collection you know like just all these bands mm-hmm. you know that you know were just on these labels and it, it seemed you know it's epitaph but I mean it it seemed like you know like wow like this was something that for me that I never you know would expect myself or anybody that I know to to be get, to get signed by you yeah, know, those man, labels I mean, you know what I mean like and and the first thing out of my mouth because that was kind of the point of contact for talking with Rev mm-hmm. the first thing I said is like we don't plan on touring at all they were like that's fine I was like okay okay <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean even right before they called I think it might have been Duncan mm-hmm. was like I, you know, I think he was wearing like a shook one shirt and mm-hmm. then, you know they were on Rev and all those Rev bands had the star on the back of their shirt the logo mm-hmm and someone was, I, I don't remember who said it, but someone was like, man, I'd sign, I'd sign to Rev just to have that star on the back of my t-shirt. <laughs> yeah man that's that's yeah dude so that is kind of um a testament i think to you know how dope capital was because you guys like yeah we're not going to tour and that that was like touring for anybody who doesn't know um listening touring touring um especially f- for um 
you know, hard, hardcore bands is what you kind of have to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's just in... Yeah, you could be the hometown hero for as long as you want. You know? Yeah. That's that's maybe what Capital did to an extent. Yeah. But, um, we were, I mean, Capital was around with... We were in good company on Long Island with, you know, Crime and Stereo. Mm-hmm. Kelly Riders was still doing their thing. You mm-hmm. know, we... There were some good bands. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Ten, ten years. How many, how many albums? With seven albums? No, no. We did three full lengths, a seven-inch a live record that was digital only mm-hmm. and we actually had a, a an early live record that was the first time we played cbgb's yeah, how was that, that and, and that's an achievement too man i mean come, Dude, i remember going played to there CBGB's. twice man yeah we yeah, played one, almost one of the last hardcore shows ever at cbgb's yes yeah, i see people Sundays. you know even in japan with a, with a uh, you know cbgb shirt man i'm like uh, you know people somebody i don't go like random people on the street or anything somebody i'll know is like yeah man my, my friends played there and she's like what really i'm like yeah. it's like you know by the time I played there, I mean I'd been there, you know, however yeah, me, many yeah, me times. Too. Yeah, you know, yeah. we I'd been going going to shows there since you know like ninety seven, yeah. I think. So, but I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like there was that moment where I sat down behind the drums on stage at CBGBs. It was just like, fuck. Man. <laughs> yeah. the Ramones stood here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ACDC's played here. I think Guns N' Roses' first New York show was here. Mm-hmm. Like. The, the the list goes on yeah, and on. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, and even Dave Matthews Band played CBGBs. <laughs> like Shakira played CBGBs. It's ridiculous. Oh shit! Well, yeah. I mean, that that you know, you talk about a venue having bones. Mm-hmm. Even and if that, the bones were held together with stickers. Yeah, and that show was nuts too, man. I mean, it, it's yeah, yeah. So like you. You kind of did it, man. I mean, you know, and I, that's just kind of like, I think it's hard, you know, um, you know, f- for me, you know, because like, you know, like, like best friends, you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, but like someone who doesn't know you, right, you know, but that kind of knows your band and they see you there, like, you know, that is like, oh, wow. You know, I remember looking at bands and stuff and like, oh, wow, you know, they're like kind of bigger than life a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh how did it, you know, yeah, how did it just kind of, you know, how did you see yourself? Like, when you looked into the crowd, like, what were you think? Like, yeah, what, what was going on in your head? Because, like, you're never yeah. that dude. You're never like, oh, I'm just, I'm just fucking Chris, man. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, we didn't let it get to our mm-hmm. heads. Uh, the, the Reformation had a couple of big shows. We did get to open for the Get Up Kids. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was a pretty big show, yeah. but all the big shows Capital got, we had a couple. I mean, the the CBs was one thing, but you know, CBs whole is a was a shithole of a yeah, room, you know, <laughs> yeah. When when Pennywise came through with Strung Out and and they asked Christian from Christian McKnight from Cleanser, mm-hmm. uh, give us a sampling of of the local bands. We want to pick one to open for us, mm-hmm. and they picked Capital. Wow. Then it's like, oh, oh, now I'm sound checking in an empty Irving Plaza. <laughs> this is a little different. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, when Sick of It All was like, yeah, come do a weekend with us. It's like, well, yeah, you're not playing bars if you're going out with Sick, Sick of It All. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. And again, those were things that, you know, were offered to Capital that just we got on account on, on our strengths. Mm-hmm. How good of a bet. Like Pennywise literally 
just listened to the CD we put out on Rev. Mm-hmm. And there were other Long Island bands in that running. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, I won't, I won't name names, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was ultimately the dudes in Pennywise's choice and they picked us. Wow. You know? So, I mean, come on, man. It doesn't get better, you know. It doesn't get, you know, I mean, I mean like. Yeah, at the time, I wasn't really a big Pennywise fan anymore, but there was a time where, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, we used to listen to the albums in, in your us. room. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, or in Nelson's car listening to, you know, yeah. Full Circle. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, and, you know, they gave us a shout out on stage. It was just like, wow, you know, 16 year old me's head would explode. Yeah, dude, seriously. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, everybody says this, you know, you don't look up to heroes like that in punk rock and hardcore. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, no, it, you it happens. It, it, it does happen. Yeah, man. Awesome, man. So, yeah, man. I mean, um, yeah, dude. So there you have it, man. Just like, you know, pretty much 20 years of you know up until that point right um of just you know doing hardcore doing you know playing in bands playing shows um and yeah you you said like the love just the love of the music it sounds kind of corny but it's true man the love of the music but i mean it's it's really all there was up until you know 2018 ish is just when i I kind of kind of cracked just because i remember it's like september Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing three bands. I was doing my cover <laughs> band, which averages like 25 song sets. Wow. Uh, I was trying to keep this other project together, which was really like on the Mazzy Star kind of tip oh, wow. of things. Okay. Yeah, like a you know, female vocalist on acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Greg Baker was on. Oh piano, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really like to a click at like 40 bpm so oh, wow man that's like it was it was and i was playing like a snare drum a tambourine and a bass drum oh man that you would you would have beat yourself up man if you saw yourself as, as a <laughs> well you know it's like i took that gig for the sheer challenge of yeah it, and yeah then it yeah. turned out to be a lot of fun and yeah. i really enjoyed it awesome man and then at that time i was still uh doing remnants with dan brenner Yeah, you, like, you guys did a lot of touring too, man. Yeah, yeah. Remnants did four tours. There was one I couldn't do because I had work obligations. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I was doing those three bands, you know, at least three practices a week. And it was somewhere in like mid-September of like 2018. I looked at my calendar mm-hmm. and I was like, I still have like something like five or six local shows left on the year and then like another 10 or 12 days on the road. <laughs> it's just like the year's almost over and I still have like 20 shows left. Yeah, There's yeah. like, you know, less than 12 weeks left in the year. <laughs> so after that, you know, after that tour, Dan decided to, you know, put remnants down, felt like mm-hmm. it kind of run its course. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just kind of stopped and, took a breath yeah man you know yeah, it had man. been I mean, since you... literally since 1994 to 2018 yeah just dude. non-stop and i th- i was trying to remember every band it was, i think it's something like 16 bands mm-hmm. all together wow man or different projects yeah he even did like hip-hop with uh he you know the guy ed high q oh yeah yeah yeah. stuff with adam yeah Yeah, i wound up working with him and he was like wait you're from brentwood and you know a dude named phil in japan (laughs) he's like you mean phil bennett i was just like who are you (laughs) and then it turned out remember we went to that hip-hop show i think adam did that was like down the street from cbgb's Mm -hmm. yeah yeah ed ed played that show okay and here i am like you know 12 years later working with the kid that's awesome man 
And he was like, yeah, I, I do a set with a live bassist. He's like, you want to play drums? I was like, sure. Yeah, Send I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I just I just look up to you so much, dude. Like, I know it sounds corny. Me, oh, me saying that nah, shit. But, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, man, like, you... you, you you did it, man. I mean, like, I just remember just chilling in your room with all those band band posters on your wall, your your immaculately kept CD collection that was like, and you were you always kept that shit in alphabetical order and shit, dude. I remember dude, you'd that, be like, that, yo, dude, man, don't fucking mix the seat. I just put him in alphabetical. So like, you were dude, just so fucking focused, dude. Now my CDs are in books, like binders somewhere, and a clock. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, because like you've you graduated you, to vinyl, you, right? You're like, you know. oh yeah. If you see me re reorganizing my record, it's literally, I'm, you know, it's high fidelity. It's John Cusack with stacks <laughs> of records. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, we're talking, you know, 55 minutes. Um, yeah, we can go. We can go definitely go over. Um, I just kind of want to just the sidestep because we definitely focused a lot on music, um, and it would sound like um, that's all you do is music. But no, nah, man, you're actually a, a avid reader uh you you're yeah. you're avid uh you know movie movie watcher um yeah. and you know avid comic fan uh yeah man and i'm gonna be honest man the last 15 years cooking has become uh, cooking yeah I remember yeah, 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 I, yeah you always were into cooking as well man you definitely appreciate and i think that you definitely your mom that's another thing even, even dad, talking yeah. with like you know yeah definitely from my mm -hmm. mom but like even talking with like Josiato, you know yeah yeah man helping yeah. him cook a lot and and seeing that you know that's what he does for a living mm -hmm. and i'm just like damn man I, I i this is too much of a catharsis for me to ever want to entertain that being like a living yeah but you always were into, so maybe i looked at drums the same yeah, way you were always into i remember that scene from uh goodfellas when they're talking about making <laughs> the uh like cutting the garlic slices yeah the razor yeah blade, yeah man. i mean you were just like dude man this sounds so good in prison dinner was always a big thing we had a pasta course, and then we had a meat or a fish. Paulie did the prep work. He was doing a year for contempt, and he had this wonderful system for doing the garlic. He used a razor, and he used to slice it so thin that it used to liquefy in the pan with just a but, little uh, yeah, man, so, yeah. What, yeah, man, so what else have you, like, been, like, like doing, man, like, um, recently? Just, like, what kind of other... Uh, like, you know, I know we always talk about you reading books and stuff, and, yeah, so what, what, what other stuff... Have, have you been into, man? Yeah, um, The Last of Us took up a lot of uh, recent time. <laughs> and then it just left me feeling not good about people. <laughs> yeah, games, yeah. Um, not a whole lot okay. because, you know, I do, I do have a pretty significant job. Mm -hmm. But um, when you work so much and you're, you're still doing bands as actively as mm -hmm. I am, it does eat up a fair amount of yeah. time because even if we don't practice all the time, I'm still making it a point to try to get down to the studio once a week wow. to, you know, get some time mm -hmm. in. COVID hit me kind of hard. Like I didn't pick up sticks literally for like two months, uh, about two wow. months because yeah. it was just like, what is, what's the point? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? And I, nobody knows still even yeah. now, like, especially for live music. Yeah. Know, yeah. At least now, you know, it's safe enough. You know, you can get four guys in a room. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always six to eight feet apart anyway, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, once everybody felt comfortable doing that and everybody was itching for mm -hmm. it, you know? So, are you going to try to pers still pursue more projects going forward? Are you going to try to... You mentioned yeah, man, I, I got... I got 
you mentioned cooking. Are you gonna try to like you know start start cooking some some particular cuisine or anything, dude? Like you know what, what's uh, I got an air fryer free from my job because I was there for 10 years. And I was like, pick out a gift. And it was like a golf club or like a watch. And I was just like, oh, I'll. and I heard enough friends talk about how much they love the air fryer. Mm-hmm. So I I finally perfected wings. Oh, nice, it. dude. That was one of my COVID projects. <laughs> oh, I was going deep, like soaking it overnight in buttermilk and pickle Oh, my juice gosh, man. That was yeah, good, I was going, <laughs> I was in a wing hole, son. <laughs> Nice, man. But um, the projects that, I mean, it's funny you say that, like, when COVID hit, I noticed a lot of musicians went two ways. Either they just didn't pick up their instrument at mm-hmm. all, or some people went into uber creative okay. mode and were, like, writing songs, emailing them to mm-hmm. each other, recording, putting songs mm-hmm. together. It, it, it was really one or the other. Mm-hmm. and And now that, the, you know... New York has done such a good job of taking care mm-hmm. of it that things are a little more back to normal. Like I got, I just got emailed two songs by my guitar player from the cover band who's doing kind of like really, uh, really different takes on songs that are in our okay. set. Um, really lo-fi recordings. He's like, come by and just he's like, you could hit pots and pans if you okay. want. So that's going to be more of like a a percussion experiment. Yeah. Um. There's a new project I got offered. Um, got sent six songs for that. That uh, got four down pretty good on nice. that. And I'm doing Vinny and the Hooligans with yeah, Vinny yeah. Panza, and he's uh, he just sent me three songs he demoed. Wow, man! So yeah, Sunday I went down to the studio and I had you know the works there. You know, wow, man! So you're st- still getting it in, dude. So yeah, here here I was saying 2018. <laughs> need I, needed, I needed that breather. You know, less than two years later. Yeah, man. You you, it's just you can't like, escape oh, it, man. Right. It's something you love, man. It's, yeah, man. Um, yeah. It, it, it's a gratification in that that you know I, I get called for mm-hmm. these things because you know I put the work yeah. in, you know, and I take it seriously. Yeah, man. Um, that's yeah, man. It's definitely admirable, man, and and that's why you know, um, yeah, man. I, I just wanted to do this this uh, this podcast with you just to I yeah, man. You're, it. you're hustling, it's, man. I think it's a I think it's a great idea. I really. <laughs> loved hearing phil and aaron like i i uh, i just i know that if you want when you eventually get jeff on here everybody's missing so jeff it's gonna be so loud he's missing jeff man he he'll be on man uh yeah we're, we're talking trying to figure out a Dude, good day what, what, we were on that one coach bus in high school <laughs> and you and jeff would just not stop laughing mm-hmm. but the bus driver looked just like the singer sick of it all you remember yeah. this <laughs> Dude, and he yelled back, who's firing hot chili back there? <laughs> Which made you guys lose it even more. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Dude, dude, I almost threw up from laughing on that shit. That's what I, I can say, man. Oh, is, my um, God. Yeah, man, this, you know, uh, I, high school, man, just like whole, the whole crew of people that we used to roll with, man, we, we laughed non stop man i mean and i think that's why we've been able to just be chill all these years because that's all we did was laugh man just for just yeah, was, man. <laughs> oh man <laughs> i'm having like a flood of too many things yeah, yeah, coming too through much. right now just like oh man it just went from like the chi- you know cherry lane train tracks yeah i mean yeah dude oh man just yeah we uh yeah man i want to say too much but, but yeah man yeah we've done an excellent job of not you know yeah that. exposing too much of uh 
God, <laughs> summer 1997. Yeah, alone. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> any, any summer I could yeah, relive, 97. Don't even have to think about yeah, it. Man. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, awesome, man. So it's so cool that you're still doing music. Um, and, you know, I think something that uh, I think maybe not a lot of people uh, understand possibly i mean maybe they do maybe i'm i'm uh, being a little bit too privy or whatever but you know you don't do you don't you don't make bank from playing all this music right it's just it's like you're not like rolling in dough like you still work a nine to five job you yeah. know what i mean so um yeah the, the royal royalty statements i've gotten from records it's 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 adorable yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so yeah man i mean so let's because okay so you you're in a very interesting situation you know you are by all accounts a professional musician right and you do make money you know from you know gigs but nothing that you can retire off of I, i'm assuming maybe you, i don't know if you, you can but like you know like you still have to work right a regular job and stuff mm -hmm. um what would you tell someone that wants to do music as a lifestyle i think at this point you probably could pursue it uh as a as as a as a, as a job because you, you definitely have the the, this, the resume you definitely have the experience obviously you have the talent um but you know you just that's not it's not what you want to do um but you know obviously the people that are out there um yeah so what would you tell someone um that wa would want to do music in a more professional way uh, based on what you know in, in this day, yeah, is it even possible in a, in a non-COVID <laughs> yeah. world? Um, and I hate to say it because it makes me sound like you know the old man mm -hmm. on the lawn, but like this social media game is unbelievably okay. important for just promoting whatever it is you're working mm -hmm. on, or if you're just a you know a gun for hire, getting yourself out there mm -hmm. that way. Like it is, it's, if if you're not on that, I think you're gonna sink. All right, so this idea, yeah. okay. Because that, that, I feel like a lot of that birthed out of just the death of the music industry, the the real death of physical media. So yeah, there's a vinyl, you know, resurgence, but like that pales in comparison to what CDs would sell. Like, mm -hmm. like what is is Thriller still the yeah, biggest song yeah, of not, all yeah. time? Like that's that's never gonna not yeah. Be. Like that will stand for the rest. And I think Abba Gold is like number two. Yeah, like. Uh, that's like even bands now that I'm, you know, the main band and the guy who sings for my cover band, like they're not doing full lengths anymore. They put out digital EPs because mm -hmm. yeah, singles, yeah. And just, yeah. Vinny and the Hooligans going to do the same thing because like people's attention spans are so mm -hmm. short. You know what I was asking you last night, like when you when do you actually listen to a yeah, record? Because yeah. I, I never listen to mm -hmm. an album beginning to end. Rarely on like mm -hmm. Spotify. At home, mm -hmm. I will. Because I'm just like shiny box thing makes me want to listen yeah, to something yeah. else. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why even you see, I guess it was kind of always that way in hip hop that the single would mm -hmm. drop, but like pop music in general now is just based off yeah, the just single. singles. Yeah, but it's like you it's. Know, like I think. The, the, oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. Like the the, the idea of the album is kind of mm -hmm. gone. Yeah. So so social media, you would tell them to. Social media. Um, are, are being in bands even worth it? Like, you know, um, is, is like, is, because like we did bands, well, I, maybe the thing has changed because you've been in the music scene, you know, consistently, I, I've, I've kind of, you know, dropped out of it. Uh, but, you know, I think bands before were more like friendships or relationships, like it was never really a business right. transaction for hardcore, maybe for other, 
um, type of music it was. But see, I will say this: hardcore now is gigantic. Okay. It w- it's been having such an uptick the last couple of years. Like, and even some great bands from Long Island, like Backtrack, who recently mm-hmm. broke up. I mean, dude, they they played Bangkok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like their last tour, they were like all they went around the world. You know, incendiary from Long Island. Like they don't even tour anymore. But they'll fly out to the West Coast and play like three huge sold out shows. Like hardcore's really big right now. There's the YouTube channel uh, Hate Five Six. This guy Sonny, who's out in Philly just films these shows and like there are so many really good young bands um and there's a lot of kids super interested into hardcore because it's it's like everything else it's so accessible now like it's it's just delivered right to your phone and i mean i check it out it's it's not for me anymore you know it's it's a different generation um if anything i always hear it and i'm just like oh now i'm gonna go listen to Whatever band you remind me of. <laughs> you talked about that yesterday. Yeah. But now I'm not taking, yeah, I was telling you this the other day, I'm not to take anything away from them because they're really putting the work in and they're good. And I, I'll say that the musicianship in hardcore has definitely stepped up as well. Mm. Like there's some really good players. Okay, yeah. So it, it, is, a, it, it is something. Yeah, because I, I mean, like, you know, I think we came up with a lot of people, especially in Brentwood, uh, doing music. Um, and surprisingly, um, the most successful people that I'm aware of are people that we're, we're told our music is a waste of time and it sucks. And, um, you know, we, you know, uh, uh, you know, everyone that was in, into like, you know, uh, you know, punk, hardcore, you know, like kind of alternative stuff has actually done quite well. Not not monetarily, uh, I would, well, uh, uh, but, um, you know, more, more so we're able to do what you love and do it consistently. Um, so. Yeah, would you say that that is more of uh, advice you would give? Just like kind of like like be be real, just consistently do music, and you know, then just be be good at it. And you also mentioned like personality and stuff as well, and you know, that's a big thing, man. It's like you know, if you want to do a band or anything really creatively driven, you don't want to do it with an asshole, yeah. right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. First of all, it's going to be a miserable experience, and second of it, all, second of all, whatever the out, outcome of it is, I feel is going to be you know not compromised, but not up to what it yeah. could have been. Yeah. You know, not to say that like you know interpersonal tensions or you know love hate relationships mm-hmm. and and music don't lead to great mm-hmm. songs, but by and large, if you're doing something to have a good time, you want to be around good yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, it is a relationship. That, that's one thing I realized. And I think, you know, our, the testament that, you know, we've been friends for so long and we will continue being friends uh, <laughs> until we go into the ground is, uh, is, yeah, was, you know, through, you know, forming these relationships and, and, and um, you know, with other people and our, ourselves. And we, I definitely am a better person uh, be, because of it, I think, um, you know. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, it's people be like, yeah, being in a band is like being married to four other people. <laughs> yeah, four other stinky-ass like, dudes. Yeah. Yo, for real, like, there's a lot of truth to that, man. There's a lot of truth yeah. to that. But all right, man. Um, like, once again, man, thank you so much for just, you know, sharing your insight and stuff. And, um, and, no problem, and yeah, man, man I think uh, social media definitely has changed the game up. But, um, but all right, man, yeah, we're talking for uh, about an hour and 20 minutes. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, thank you for sharing so much. Um, and then, um, oh, man, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. The final question, uh, uh, as you know, this podcast is kind of aimed at people who are learning uh, English, um, and language learning in general. Um, so yeah, do you speak any other languages? Uh, if so, um, yeah, please share. I do understand Spanish better than I speak it. Um, partially growing up, you know, going to Brentwood, but uh, I also had to take four semesters of it in Farmingdale for my associates. And I was just now, like, they actually changed it a few years after that where you only had to take two because it was brutal and kids just. Yeah, I remember you learning Spanish, yeah. Um, but yeah, yo, man, I, the, I got two awesome Spanish ladies at my laundromat that I dropped my laundry off to. And, you know, we, we, we speak in. Because they actually speak good English too, but uh, we kind of go back and forth. And uh, know, about a month ago, I was dropping my laundry off, and and my bag was getting all ripped up because uh, one of the cats was just like, "I am just gonna <laughs> fuck your towels up," like it was, it was on yeah. a mission. So yeah, she was just like, "Ah, right, you got to get a new bag." And I told her I have two devil cats in Spanish. I was like, "Tengo dos diablos gatos." <laughs> so. You know, they always like they always find it funny. You know, when the white dude dropping his laundry off can say a curse in Spanish, but they're really nice. Like I'll I'll get them a little something for Christmas. You know, I've known them now for Christ, like eleven years. Wow, holy yeah, God. man, they're awesome. They're like family based. I, I, I saw one on the street walking like a year ago, and I just honked and we waved at each other. Yeah, they're nice. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So you got to the yeah. I remember you studying Spanish, man. You yeah, oh, that God. was tough, man. Um, like I know they say there's a cognitive year where it's easier to to learn a language, but man, I I definitely ate shit learning trying to learn Spanish at like 19. <laughs> it, like yeah, the advanced level stuff, it was just like wow. I'm mm-hmm. this is for this is for an associate's degree. Come on now, <laughs> yeah. it's just it was brutal, brutal. Yeah, man. <laughs> awesome, man. So um. So yeah, brother. Um, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate you 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 doing this. And uh, yeah, man. Um, just want to let you know that you are a hero that I call by their first name. Ah, oh, man, Phil. Appreciate it. I love you, buddy. Love you too, man. Um, yeah. And if there's anything that you wanna, if people wanna get in contact with you or any bands that you wanna that you wanna plug. Um, got Vinny and the Hooligans. You can find that on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and I do a, my cover band is a Cover Me Bad. <laughs> Two D's, which is yes, a ripoff of "Color Me Bad." Um, you can find that on Facebook too. Okay, cool, cool. Those are the two projects I got going on now, with, the, with another one in, in the oven that I, I gotta get in contact with those fellas. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, once again, thank you, man, and uh, yeah, peace out, bro. All right, it'll be good. We're